and then Julie and uh, the group of us here. Before I go through, one of the things that we did was send out a survey monkey. I learned sometime back that if you do a survey monkey with 10 questions or less, it's free. So if you noticed, if you did the survey monkey, it was 10 questions. That was it, you know. Um, so uh, we, uh, I'm going to talk about the results of that a little bit. But first, I want each one of these ladies that are in here, Magda and Carol and Sue and Nadine, to kind of talk about why they are involved, what, what they want to see happen, and, and what, what we've learned about aging in place and, and the things that we've done. Magda, you want to start? Well, um, I currently work for a um, home care company, so I hire caregivers, you know, that go to uh, take care of uh, the elderly. So through my um, work, you know, with them, I start thinking about my family, my adequate family. And I start thinking about, you know, individuals that uh, I have known for several years and how, you know, our uh, health has changed and the different needs. So I was thinking, huh, we don't have anything at Otto Creek that is, you know, geared for uh, this group of people. And I thought, I just, you know, I have a passion for uh, older people. I have a passion for children. And uh, I just have a passion for people, period. <laughs> and uh, so I just, you know, start thinking something needs to happen at Otter Creek. You know, it is a great place to be. Um, we have a great uh, children's ministry and great uh, youth ministry, and I'm so happy for that. But, um, you know, I learned that as we get older, uh, isolation become an issue for us. Depression become, you know, it's an issue. Uh, nutrition, and uh, there's different needs, you know, needs for transportation. And we as Christians uh, are here to uh, look out for each other and to serve each other. And that's how, how I got involved. Okay, Sue? <coughs> okay, um, well, you know, when I came to Otter Creek about seven years ago, I learned very quickly about the many ministries that are supported by this congregation. The children's ministry, the vibrant youth group, uh, life groups, uh, retreats and camps and all that sort of thing. And uh, Can you all hear Sue? Okay. Um, there are just so many members here give their time and resources to support these ministries and to um, benefit people in Nashville and abroad. And I, that's impressive. I was, I was very with that. But what I didn't see was a ministry to benefit, um, to provide for the needs for the 200 plus members who are 60 years and older. And again, as um, Paulette said, you know, the granddaughters provided tours and they went to museums and restaurants and I'm not sure what all they did. And, and we do have many people here who individually serve other people. I happen to be the recipient of uh, some wonderful people who, um, who help me in many ways, mainly with transportation. Um, but what we would like to see um, in our congregation is an organized group with resources to minister in a meaningful way to older members. And in the survey you completed, many of you indicated you'd be interested 
in intergenerational activities. And I don't know if you know this or not, but studies have shown that the millennials uh, are desirous and have expressed a desire to have meaningful interaction with older people. So it seems to me this just presents an opportunity for us to provide activities which could facilitate connection with these groups and others. And this is just one of the reasons our committee is asking you to partner with us in serving each other, particularly the many needs of our older members, so that all our lives will be benefited. Um, we have so many, oh, and this I just, <coughs> we have so many people that have served for decades in all these good ministries. And um, so, so um, um, they have something to say, and we need to hear it. We need the wisdom, uh, and, uh, and the, uh, we need to highlight the wisdom and to recognize the many contributions and utilize the talents and the wealth of experience that they possess. If we do that, all our lives will be tremendously enriched. Okay. Carol? So actually just, um, well, to, I do agree with Sue so much. There, there are so <coughs> many people here at Otter Creek that individually give so much, they do so much. So this would not be like to take anything away from that. Um, but just for myself personally, like having an interest, I've been helping out with my parents for, I guess, 10 plus years, just and finding that so much of it is so similar of what other people are going through with their aging parents. Just mine happened to be 200 miles away. So some of mine is, some of that is like anything from their friends calling me and like, why don't you take care of your mother? And I'm like, I live, I live in Nashville, you know, that kind of thing. And just seeing how they were, uh, very active with their church and how they helped the church helped out but then I think there were other ways that could have been meaningful too so that's just my interest in hoping to assist with that okay. I'm and excited to, add to be a part of it aren't we all excited to be a part of this mm -hmm. yes yes this is, this is unique yeah. It is. It is unique. It's, um, you know, I looked at our, our list of classes this time, and I thought we have something for young marriage, we have something for the young, uh, the college and young professionals, we have, you know, and, and I thought, and, and thank you, Lord, this time we have something for those of us who have a lot of experience, you know, and, and that we'd like to share. So, we sent out 189 emails to, about the Survey Monkey. The people who are 60 years old and older, uh, and we got 116 back, so 61%. I went back and looked. What is the average amount of people who who respond to a survey? It's between 10 and 12%. So I sent it out on I can't remember what day, but I sent it out kind of in the afternoon. The next morning I looked at it, and we had 34 responses. I said, there is interest in what we're doing here. So it was exciting to see that. So we'll go through kind of quickly what the different questions were and what the answers were because we found it interesting. What is your age? Uh, of the ones who responded, 
2% were between 55 and 64, 66% between 65 and 74, 21% between 75 and 79, 6% between 80 and 84, 3% between 85 and 89, and we had one person who was 90 or above who, who responded to the survey, and I think that was our good friend Maxine, was it? Oh, I know it. <laughs> but, but see, Maxine, that's why I, I thought it was you because I thought you marked the wrong one. <laughs> it, was, it was either that one or the 55 to 64 one that she, that she was in. You noticed I didn't respond. I'm 95 almost. Okay, okay. Well, we would have loved to have had your input. So, Where do you live? That was another thing we wanted to know. If we're going to plan activities, where do we need to plan these activities, you know? 41% say they live in, in Brentwood, 16% in Green Hills, 15% uh, in Franklin, Nolensville had 7%, Creve Hall 3.5%, Spring Hill Thompson Station 5%, and other places, don't know where those other places are, but 11%. So, and if, you, and if you're sitting there and you're really good at math and you're adding these numbers up, they don't always add up to 100 because not they didn't, they had other or something, I don't know. At what at general age do you consider someone to be an older adult, an oldster in the Otter Creek community? So somebody thought from 50 to, or 2% thought from 250 to 54. I don't know who those people are, but they are so sadly mistaken. <laughs> Nobody thought between 55 and 59. 20% said maybe 60 to 65. 66 to 70 percent said, uh, or 66 to 70 years old is 28 and a half percent. 71 and older are 52 percent. I suspect if we'd had an 80 or a 90 in there, some people would have marked that too. I figure it. I figure it's 10 years older than I am. That's that's my theory. So, approximately what percentage of your close family currently lives within 50 miles of you? That's part of what we want you to know. Like from Carol's example of having. You know, where are your children? Where is your family? You know, I look at it. My brother lives 70 miles from here. I have a, a nephew who lives in Murfreesboro. I have a niece who lives in Florida. And I have a nephew who lives here in Nashville, you know. Um, I'll tell you, several years ago, many years ago, I was talking about buying long-term care insurance. My, my younger nephew said to me, what were you, I was talking to my cousin who was an insurance agent. Hey, Polly, what were you and Bobby talking about? And I said, about long-term care insurance. And for what? And I said, well, if I needed to go into a nursing home or if I need some, you know, or assisted living, it would help pay for that. And he, she, he said, hey, Polly, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't spend your money like that. He said, I will always take care of you. Now, he was probably 18 at the time, okay? <laughs> and I said, well, honey, I appreciate that, but someday you might get married, and she doesn't want to take care of old Aunt Polly. You know? <laughs> and he said, well, then I won't marry her. And I said, I love your heart, but, you know, so I went ahead and bought it. So later I was going through with him, um, the, just where is everything? Where do I, his name is on my bank account. He's, he's you know, he's, he's the one because he's here and he's dependable. And so, you know, here's where everything is. If anything happens to me, these are the people you need to call. Here's the list. Here's where the list is. Here, here's the key to the lockbox. It's in this drawer right here. And I just wanted him to know all that stuff. And I said something about having long-term care insurance. He said, hey, Polly, I told you not to buy that. And I said, I know, honey, but I, I can't, I, you can't be responsible for me. I have to be responsible for me. He said, I promise you I will always take care of you. And I said, and I appreciate that. But I said, but what, happens, what if something happens to you and I have to depend on Catherine or Chambliss, my niece and other nephew? He said, he said, keep paying that premium, eh, Polly? <laughs> So 
Part of that is, how close do your, does your family live to you? Do you have people that you can depend on? You know, Richard has a little boy who turned one this week. He's not quite as available as he used to be, you know. So. And that insurance does pay for caregivers at home. That's right, it does. <laughs> okay, how close? 100% said 30, I mean, 35% uh, said uh, that 100% of their family lived within 50 miles. 28% said, or 75% said, hold it. <laughs> These answers don't even go together. Uh, 75, this is miles is what it, no, what is this? I took it off, I took it straight off. How many, oh, 100% of their family, 35% said 100% of their family lived in, within 50 miles. 28% said 75% of their family. 14% uh, said 50%, 8% said 25%, 4% said 10%, and no one said that they didn't have someone within 50 miles. So, What is your current living arrangement? I live with my husband or wife, 73%. I live alone, 19%. I live with another adult, 18 years or older, 2%. I live with a family member, 4%. I live in an independent assisted living community, 1%, who answered the survey said that. Kind of feel like um, who is it that says? And the survey says, yeah. um, uh, "Are you a primary caregiver for a spouse, family member, or friend? That is, do you spend more than five hours a week directly providing living needs for someone older than you?" Fifteen percent said yes. Eighty-four percent, eighty-five percent said no. They did not. So, which of these general areas of of senior living do you want or need more information? It says mark three choices, so it, this certainly doesn't add up to 100%. Not everybody marked three choices, so here's what. The highest one being uh, spiritual, and then recreational, health to topics, emotional support, oh, social was 65%, that, that was actually the highest, isolation and loneliness, and emotional support was 21%. What barriers do you have to full access of, uh, 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 for fellowship and worship? 91% said they had no, there was no barriers they could get here. 7% no, said no problem in the daylight areas. 1% said someone brings me regularly. And then so, must find someone or I'm no longer able to attend. No one who answered the, the survey had those. As part of the older adults ministry, what areas do, you, do we most need to focus? Support with legal, uh, legal insurance, financial issues was 10%. Support for emotional, mental, spiritual preparation for post-retirement career, career years, 17%. Helping seniors transition into continuing meaningful service was 29%. Finding meaningful ways to donate talents and career experiences was 27%. Information on retirement living options in the area was 8%, and counseling such as loss, isolation, and depression. What activities would you be interested in? Visitation for shut-ins, 8%. Program to integrate senior visitors and new members quickly would be 15%. <coughs> Ongoing caregiver support group with regular meetings was 7%. Senior game nights or mornings, 5%. Senior greeters at the door, 
You know, it'd be kind of nice if we had, uh, they're always asking for greeters at the door. It'd be kind of nice if we had some older people there. We could get you a stool or we can get you, you know, I've had people say for the welcome center, well, I just can't stand up that long. Well, fine. If you want to be there, we'll get you a stool. We have no problem with all at all, do we, Rebecca? So, so intergenerational activities, 18% as Sue pointed out. Short trips or activities, uh, 26%, and then other was 7.5%. Nobody, when it comes back to me for the survey, it didn't tell what anybody else put. So, here are based on that, we we sat down. We also we met with the folks at um, Brentwood Hills, uh, who have a senior ministry. We talked to some folks at Harpeth Hills, who have a senior ministry. We talked to folks at where else did we talk to them? Uh, just different people. Um, uh, I heard I talked to someone who was involved at Hillsboro. Uh, about what kind of things do they do? And in fact, the, the, the survey um, uh, questions came from the, the uh, gentleman that we met with at Brentwood Hills, uh, gave us a long, uh, I mean, they had pages after pages of pages. They have a whole survey that they give all their senior members that we said, that's real nice, but we probably aren't gonna um, go through and, and we're not going to answer those questions, so why do we think other people are going to ask, answer those questions? So, so we decided we would do it through an email, survey monkey, that kind of thing, and, and see where we are. But based on that, we came up with, with 14 topics. It's 16 weeks in all. First week was this, where we're going to do introductory things. The second week, uh, I mean, not the second week, the last week, we're going to do follow-up and recap and just say, where do we need to go from here? You know, but, but all through the year, all through this this fall quarter, uh, we want input from y'all. Uh, we're going to have, trust me, you're not going to have to look at me every week. Well, you may have to look at me standing up here for five minutes or for two minutes to introduce something. But otherwise, we have lots of different speakers, and we're going to tell you kind of who those are. Um, and um, we are, um, so, but we took the... Uh, uh, we took what Brentwood Hills gave us, and then we took the information from the survey and said, what are the areas, what topics do we want to, to uh, cover in this so that people that, you know, we know what's ahead, that we know that we can, that we can um, use the ex life experiences of other people around us to help us prepare and to help us get through the coming years, okay? So we're going to talk about basic human needs. We're going to talk about spiritual needs, where do I fit in. We're going to talk about legal and estate issues. We're going to talk about encouragement and dealing with tough situations. We're talking about financial options and needs. We're going to talk about dealing with grief, physical fitness and nutrition, the sandwich generation, which is the, the, for those people who have parents who are still living and they have grandchildren and they're spending, I, I, Jackie Glisson, I've heard her say that many times that she gets up in the morning, they live in, in um, uh, Sneed, Forest. Sneed Forest, her parents live in Bellevue, her, her daughter with, who is expecting her fourth child lives in Nolansville, and she said, I get up, I get dressed, I go to Bellevue, I, pick, I do, go do something for my parents, I get in the car, I go to Nolansville to do something for my, for my daughter or for my son and their children in <laughs> Nolansville. I go back and forth. So Jackie's going to talk to us about that. Um, she's one of the ones. And then life changes, moving closer to family. Sue and her daughter are actually going to come and talk about that. Sue moved here from Memphis after a very successful uh, marriage and career and, and 
uh, she laughed and said that when she, the, the day that her husband died, that her daughter, Deanna, who is, y'all will love meeting Deanna. She is a go-getter, a very, very bright lady. And, um, but said she came and said, Mom, we're leaving in the morning and you need to have your bags packed. And she said, for what? And she said, you're, mo you're going home to live with us. And Sue said, no, I'm not either. You know, I, I may get there, but I'm not there yet. So I'm, I'll be in Memphis for a while longer. But then she came and not only did she come and, and leave her home in Memphis and move to, to Nashville, but when she got here, she basically said, I'm not gonna do everything y'all do. So I'm going to go find my own church. I'm going to go do my own things, and we'll meet back at home, you know. So, and uh, she, I think she will tell you, and Deanna will tell you, that, that it's been a great, it's worked out great most of the time. So, <laughs> so some of our speakers, Julie Barnes, Susan Lassiter, actually those are the two for next week, Jackie Glisson, Carol Wood, Mike Runsey, Becky Frazier, Don Rose, Johnny Barnes, Pat Ward, Tim Mangrum, Magda Sherman, Galen Foster, Chris Gonzalez, Paulette Fuel, Nan Smith, Sue Bonner, and Deanna Smith. Now, folks, if y'all look at that group, and if you'll take a couple of names off of there maybe, but mostly if you look at that group, you know there's lots of life experience there. There are some great speakers in there, and um, Susan and Julie next week are going to talk about basic human needs. The next week it's going to be Mike with Becky Frazier. Becky is our new um, uh, missional discipleship uh, minister. Uh, sharp, sharp lady has her master's from from um, in discipleship. Is that what it, what it's in? And uh, in, in from Lipscomb has worked here. She was here as an intern and then has been hired as our interim person and. And uh, I think y'all will be excited about, about what they have to say, uh, about opportunities that, that we have to serve that Becky knows about that probably we don't know anything about. So, um, and that, that will be part of that. Who has, does anybody have any questions, any input at this point? I'm talking fast and I need to slow down. We got 30 more minutes and I got two slides. <laughs> Fifteen minutes. You're right. Thank you, Maxine. That makes me feel better. <laughs> Anybody have any input? Well, I would like to say that uh, you all are here today, and we're so happy you're here. Do you know some? Do you have a friend in a, in this church or not in this church that you think might benefit from this class? Please invite them to come. Uh, I, I I just feel like that. This is, going, this is a breakthrough for us, and uh, that it's really going to be beneficial. So you help us recruit members for this class. Okay. I'm going to go ahead. Let me ask you real quick. Has everyone signed the, the, the two list? Oh, okay. Rebecca. And she's, Rebecca signed up for the brunch, so, she, Okay. Vicki Atnip, that so many of us know and loved, um, just, as I said, who so graciously lived her life and with her smiles, and hopefully we can learn to throw up our arms and praise the Lord. And there's a picture that we're going to have in here uh, probably next week, and it's, I don't know how many of you saw it when Vicki died. It was posted on Facebook. And it was at her funeral, but she's sitting on a rock, and she's just thrown up her hand and is just praising the Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyone who 
watched her go through her illness, go through three year, almost three years of pain and, and frustration and, and having bad news and, and just living her life to the fullest as all the days she had. There was something that, that was, it was actually her if, if we were at the visitation, and I, I couldn't come to the funeral, but it may have been at the funeral too, but it was something that she was actually reading. At the, at the visitation they had it, it was playing in all the, the things and she was reading it. And she said it was something that she had had in her Bible for many years. And it says, My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I, that I am following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you is in fact, does in fact please you. And I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me in my, to face my perils alone. Amen. So as we go through this class, we want to um, uh, think about those words that the Lord is always with us. And remember the people like Vicki, who um, can't be here, but who led such a wonderful life that we want to we copy that in many ways. So that's kind of a sad way of ending this. <laughs> so I think we need a little humor before we leave. This letter was sent to a bank manager by an 86-year-old woman after her check bounced, and he thought it was so funny that he sent it to the New York Times to publish. Dear Sir, I am writing to thank you for bouncing my check, with which I endeavored to pay my plumber last month. By my calculations, three nanoseconds must have elapsed between his presenting the check and the arrival in my account of the funds needed to honor it. I refer, of course to the automatic monthly deposit of my entire pension, an arrangement which I admit has been in place for only eight years. <laughs> you are to be commended for seizing that brief window of opportunity and also for debiting my account $30 by way of penalty for the inconvenience caused to your bank. My thankfulness springs from the manner in which this incident has caused me to rethink my errant financial ways. I notice that whereas I personally answer your phone calls and letters, when I try to contact you, I am confronted by the impersonal, overcharging, pre-recorded, faceless entity which your bank has become. From now on, I, like you, choose only to deal with a flesh and blood person. My mortgage and loan repayments will therefore and hereafter no longer be automatic, but will arrive at your bank by check. Address personally and confidentially to an employee at your bank, whom you must nominate. Be aware that it is an offense under the Postal Act for any other person to open such an envelope. Please find attached an application contact which I require your chosen employee to complete. To complete. <laughs> I am sorry it runs to eight pages, but in order that I know as much about him or her as your bank knows about me, there is no alternative. Please note that all copies of his or her medical history must be countersigned by a notary public. <laughs> And the mandatory details of his or her financial situation, income, debts, assets, and liabilities must be, must be accompanied by documented proof. In due course, at my convenience, I will issue your employee with a PIN number, which he or she must quote in dealings with me. 
I regret that it cannot be shorter than 28 digits. But again, <laughs> but again I have modeled it on the number of uh, button presses required of me to access my account balance on your phone bank service. As they say, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Let me level the playing field even further. When you call me, press buttons as follows. Immediately after dialing, press the star button for English. Number one, to make an appointment to see me. Number two, to query a missing payment. Number three, to transfer the call to my living room in case I am there. <laughs> Number four, to transfer the call to my bedroom in case I am sleeping. Number five, to transfer the call to my toilet in case I am attending to nature. Number six, to transfer the call to my mobile phone if I am not at home. Number seven, to leave a message on my computer. A password to access my computer is required. <laughs> password will be com communicated at a later date to that authorized contact mentioned earlier. Number eight, to return to the main menu and to listen to options one through seven again. Number nine, to make a general complaint or inquiry, the contact will then be put on hold pending the attention of my automated answering service. <laughs> Number 10, this is a second reminder to press star for English. <laughs> well, this on occasion, on occasion involves, it might involve a lengthy wait, uplifting music will play for the duration of the call. <laughs> Regretfully, Regrettably, but again, following your example, I must also levy an establishment fee to cover the setting up of this new arrangement. May I wish you a happy, if ever so slightly less prosperous, New Year. Your humble client, and remember, don't make old people mad. We don't like being old in the first place, and it doesn't take much to aggravate us. <laughs> I'm not sure that, that Milt, my banker up here, is about finding that real funny. But. Oh, I, uh, I do. No, you do? Good, good. So, any questions, any comments, any thoughts? Please see if you. Yes, yes, we can. Um, if anyone has ideas, please see any one of us that are here. Julia will be next back next week. She's out of town this week. Uh, we've been, she's well represented by her beautiful mother and sister, though, so we appreciate that. And, um, the, the cartoon, I did not make copies of this yet, but I will and I'll bring them next week. The cartoon that about, I, did, I got older, it happened older sooner than I thought. There's a few copies of this up here if anybody wants that. So, any other thoughts, questions? Jim McAllister, would you lead us in a closing prayer? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every day you give us, Lord. We thank you for this group. We thank you for this church. We ask that you uh, be with us as we uh, start this program, that uh, we enjoy each other's company, that we learn from each other, and that most of all, Father, that we give you praise in everything that we do. We uh, pray that you go with us now as we, as we go our separate ways. Be with us. Hold us close to you. And uh, uh, help us to come back together uh, in and uh, just uh, uh, lift you up in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Ms. Follett, can I put in a plug for... Uh, Absolutely. It seemed like a pretty high percentage on some spiritual uh, aspects, and certainly uh, I'll be speaking in a couple weeks, but uh, Wednesday afternoon we have a class up in the gathering room at 2.30 to 3.30, 
It's uh, a great group of people. Many of you are already participating in that. But if you don't want to get out on a Wednesday evening and drive, certainly uh, Wednesday at 2.30, there's always uh, great refreshments and uh, a time of singing, time of prayer, time of uh, uh, reflection on Josh's sermon. And uh, we'd love to have uh, you join us if you are so inclined. Yes. Thank you so much. Anything else? Well, we're out five minutes early. I couldn't decide when I was putting this together whether it was going to last an hour or whether it was going to last um, <laughs> 30 minutes. So. All righty. Thank you all. We'll see you all. Hope we'll see you all back next week.